I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. We are continuing in chapter 17 of 2 Samuel, and we will get right into it. When Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order, and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. What was Ahithophel's advice? Do you remember? No. His advice was to Absalom, and he... It wasn't very valuable advice. That's right. It wasn't very valuable. It was to go and attack David and his men. He obviously felt pretty bad about it. So he hung himself? Gosh, I think that's quite interesting. Uh, Why would he hang himself for it? I don't know. He would have just wanted... He should have just lived than to make himself die. I can venture to say why, but I, of course this is all just speculation. I mean, maybe Ahithophel, you know, his identity obviously wasn't rooted in the Lord. It was rooted in the acceptance of Absalom and what he might be able to gain as an advisor to Absalom. And when Absalom denied him for Hushai and all of the other priests thought, that Hushai's advice was better than Ahithophel's. Maybe, maybe he just had such a defeated sense of self that he went and did that. It's hard for us to imagine because, one, we know that the Lord loves us, and two, we know that we love each other. You know, that no matter how bad we mess up or what ugly thing we do or how embarrassing it is. I'm never going to stop loving you boys. Ever. There's no way. Maybe Ahithophel didn't have that. Maybe Ahithophel didn't have any... He didn't feel like he had anybody in his life who truly loved him. And Absalom, in a sense, just wanted to use him. And that the reality is, even if we, even if that's our profession, is giving advice, sometimes there's going to be somebody who gives better advice, and we can't take identity in those things. Our work cannot define us. I talked to both you boys about that when I was, when I lost my job in Denver, and for a little while there, was kind of in between trying to figure out how to get employed again, and 
And it did. It attacked that sense of yourself that's like, wow, if I'm if I'm not working in this field that I think I'm so qualified in, then what am I? Where's my value? Am I still a good Am I still a smart person? Am I still a good dad? Am I still a good provider? And all those questions are obvious, but when you have a defeated sense of self, it's easy to attack everything about yourself. When really, this wasn't even personal against Ahithophel. They just preferred the advice that Hushai gave. You know, it's nothing personal. And I think we need to remember that in our lives that when we feel like we failed or we lost our job or we lost our position on the team or in school, anything, that those are the fun things we do in life and we certainly want to be good at them, but that's not what gives us value. So we continue in verse 24. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that you want to talk about? No. Okay. In verse 24, David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Whew, that's a lot of men. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in the place of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Jether an Israelite who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash and sister of Zariah, the mother of Joab. The Israelites and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shabai, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Machir, son of Amiel, from Lodabar, and Barzillai, from Gileadite, are the Gileadite from Rogalim brought bedding and bowls and articles of pottery. They also brought wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said, The people have become hungry and tired and thirsty in the desert. And that is the end of chapter 17. Do you boys have any thoughts? Yeah. What about you, Trent? No? Brock, if I asked you, if you spent one day in heaven, and I could ask the Lord any question, what do you think you would ask? I don't know. Neither do I. What about you, Trey? Honestly, it's a tough decision because, like, what's the best question I would have that, like, really needs to be answered? And it's worth asking. So it's hard to decide? Yes. I think that's right. Do you guys remember in the Bible and the Gospels, you know, some of these... You know, Christmas is about the birth of Christ, right? Yes. And uh, you remember in some of the Gospels, it, it talks about his birth. And then, you know, in nativity scenes, they always show wise men at Jesus' birth. 
in the manger. But do you remember when they said in the Bible that the wise men actually showed up? A couple years after? That's right. That's right. He was already a toddler. Jesus was. Because the star that they were following... Was on the exact day that he was born. That's right. And so it took them a while. They were traveling by foot or by camel or by horse. Camel. Camel, okay. And it took them a while to get there. And do you remember when the wise men reported to King Herod uh, that they were they knew that the Messiah or that the king had arrived? Do you remember what Herod said? Didn't he say something about killing Jesus? Killing all the boys that were under a certain age in Jerusalem because he wanted to make sure that the wise men who clearly knew the prophets he wanted to make sure that any child who might grow up would not be a threat to him to King Herod being king I think um, Jesus was never a threat to him that's right because Jesus wasn't looking for to be a king on this earth right he was never going to be like a king king he was like not like a king that we look at like his job is not to be the king to like stop sin that's right to stop the really the to forgive sin same thing and he's going to be the king of Um, heaven heaven the king of heaven And I guess ultimately the king of this world, but not in the way that people think of as, like you say, like a king you look at. That's not what he was doing. But King Herod didn't really understand. And a lot of people didn't. And so he sent uh, for all the the boys to be killed. And do you remember where Joseph and Mary went? They went to nothing. That's where they went for, but where did they leave after they heard about the decree to kill all the babies? They um, left the um, place where the star was, and then they went to um, a guy's house and went to their um, farm area, like where, like where the donkeys or and horses that, were. That's when that's when Jesus was born. That's when he was born. But do you remember? Okay, when he gave the decree, they fled to Egypt, hmm. and. Jesus spent a short amount of his early, early years in Egypt because obviously they were protecting their son. Like 40, well, not the 40 days, 40 nights in Egypt. No, that was, that was a different, that's a different thing. Brought the 40 days and 40 nights is the flood. Well, there was that, and then there was Jesus spending 40 days and 40 nights in the desert desert. being, yeah. Oh, that. In the desert being what, Brock? Um... What was the devil trying to get him to do? Convinced? Bow down. Yeah. Bow to him, convinced to do sin, um, convinced that his father wasn't actually enough for him. And yeah, so there was a lot. There was a lot there. Uh, so Jesus went off and he lived uh, in Egypt for a little while when he was a toddler. And that's like Moses as well. Because do you remember what happened in Egypt when Moses was mm-hmm. born? So, so Moses was put in a stream. Mm-hmm. And then Egyptian people found 
on him. Right, but why was he put in a stream? So be hidden. So um, so this army couldn't um kill the baby boys. That's right, because Pharaoh said all the baby boys of the Hebrews need to die. Ever since God gave the prophecy to the serpent that the man that comes from this woman, he's speaking of the Messiah, you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. Satan went on a mission from that point forward to find out who the Messiah was and try and get him killed before his mission could be accomplished. And that's why throughout history, there's been multiple times where these different kings, pharaohs, people in leadership, the spirit of Satan has entered them and they have given an order that all the baby boys should die because Satan thought he could control the outcome of what God was going to do to forgive sin and to bring his people back to him. But he was foolish because when God said it, it meant it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And another thing, Satan can't understand. He doesn't know what we're thinking inside. He only knows things that... He only knows things when we say them aloud. I agree. Like, if I said something... Just going random that... I would go to school tomorrow. And I meant it. And it was true. He would know that. And... You know, there's probably a bad consequence would happen. Or like... If I say... Like, if I knew when God was coming and I said tomorrow, Satan would hear that and he would, he would send someone to kill him every, who knows, like, some age person tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, we he should kill, but like, like, the mother. But, um, yeah, he's not coming tomorrow. I understand. I get your point. And I think that the greater point, and it's a good one to make, is that certainly Satan can respond to what he observes in us and if he's observing then he can probably figure a lot out because we behave in a periodic way or sorry in a um, kind of a habitual way we, we tend to do the same things and respond the same way and we grow over time and that's good uh, but he can probably predict a lot about what's going to happen but there is power when words leave your tongue because when words leave your tongue You've injected those words into other people, and you've allowed the devil to hear them. And when the devil knows what's on your tongue, now he knows what's going on inside your brain, and possibly what's going on inside your heart. It doesn't mean that all words are bad. It means that the words that come out of your mouth should be edifying. Do you know what edifying means? No. It means they should be words that build people up, that encourage people. Words are like a sword. You can't tear people down with them. You should build people up. That's right. You should edify with the way you speak. Because once you let Satan know what's on your lips, then he knows what's inside of you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If you have something inside of you that doesn't feel good, a bad thought, a bad... Um, you know, obviously you want to deal with that as well. You don't want to let bad thoughts be running around in your head. You want to try and, you know, you want to give those to the Lord and pray to him about it and figure out, um, you know, what's going on there. But you especially don't want those thoughts to leave your mouth. 
that make sense? Yes. I thought um that the devil can't uh, understand things before before um it happens, but God does. Well, God knows. Yeah, that's right. And I think you're right. God knows what's going to happen before it does, right? But Satan, to some extent, knows. Like, do you know an example of something that probably Satan would know? He probably knows that you're going to eat food tomorrow. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have to eat food every day. (laughs) Unless you never eat food. My point is this. He can make some guesses good guesses at what we're going to do in certain situations because he can't be everywhere at once but if he's been watching one person or uh, you know a small number of people for a while he can probably start to figure out what they're going to do how they're going to make decisions in certain circumstances yeah like you're gonna play sports on saturday right every saturday now if i say you're gonna play sports on saturday because you do it every saturday that doesn't mean i'm forcing you to do anything I'm just guessing you're going to play sports because you do it all the time. Just like tomorrow, if I say, Brock's going to eat breakfast. I'm not forcing you to just because I said it. But if you do, then I was right. You're just taking a good guess. Just taking a good guess. All right, boys. Thank you for your insight. I love you. Love you too. You guys are good kids.